0: Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning, and uh, what a lovely time of worship we've had so far, haven't we? Well done, musicians, and uh, Kayla. And we, you know, we're really so grateful to God for what He's doing here amongst the young people, being able to lead the worship in the way that they do so important you know because it takes us right into the presence of God right into the very throne room of God when we begin to lift up the name of Jesus I'd like you to turn with me please to the fifth sorry the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew that's Matthew chapter 4. I'm just reading a few verses. There are are some other scriptures that I will be uh, referring you to as we go through. Uh, We're starting to read at verse 18 through to verse 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen come follow me jesus said and i will make you fishers of men at once they left their nets and followed him going on from there he saw two other brothers james son of zebedee and his brother john they were in a boat with their father zebedee preparing their nets jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father, and followed him. I wouldn't say that I was brought up in a a Christian home, but I will say that there was a certain amount of Christian influence in the home. My parents were salvationists. They, uh, They met in the Salvation Army, and they married in Salvation Army uniform and uh, for some reason they hadn't been to the salvation army for quite a while and um, and i can uh, I, I can remember as a child always being sent to sunday school it was something that uh, that i rebelled against uh from the age of about eight i've always been passionate about football so I suppose my wife would say that I'm still passionate about football. She told me yesterday I'd take it a bit too seriously. There we go. <laughs> but I can remember rebelling against having to go to Sunday school, but I had to go anyway. And uh, I although I used to protest every week, mum would say, "Well, you've got to go to Sunday school as long as you're going to school." Now, I knew that I got a few years to go and, you know, it seemed way, way off before I could stop going to Sunday school. And uh, it didn't happen. And I carried on going to Sunday school. And then at the age of 14, at the age of 14, um, we had, um, what had had happened in the meantime, I forgot about this, but um, when I was at, at the age of 10, Although I, 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 before that I'd gone to the Salvation Army Sunday School at the age of 10, a church opened which was very near to our house. In fact, it was probably about 300 yards away. So I could probably, I could probably walk it in about three minutes from where, uh, from where we lived. And, I, and so I changed Sunday School from the Salvation Army to this church that had opened. Which was an at that time was an independent Pentecostal church. And the, when I was fourteen, they invited us to go to, um, to some special meetings that were happening with an evangelist. Now, I wasn't quite sure what an evangelist was, but an evangelist was uh, someone who preached the gospel. And this guy preached the gospel, he preached it awful well. Some of you may know him, a guy named Tony Stone. Uh, He's no longer in the area, but uh, he lived in the area for many years. And he preached the gospel, and that was the first time that I realised that I needed a saviour. The first time I realised that, as far as God was concerned, I was a sinner, and I needed to be saved. And I responded to the gospel. And that was when I began a journey to follow Jesus. A few weeks later they had a baptismal service at the church. Now, at that particular time, there were several young people who had, uh, who had made that commitment, who had signified their desire to follow Jesus. And I remember the pastor at that time, he said to us, now that you've made that decision to follow Jesus, the next step is water baptism. Water baptism. Now I didn't. There was a lot that I didn't understand. There's still a lot that I don't understand. But one thing I did know. One thing I did know, is that I wanted to follow Jesus. I wanted to follow Jesus, and so I decided, along with several others, that I would take that step. And I can remember at my baptismal service, they sang a hymn. Some of you were probably know it in fact what you know it's been a long time since we sang the song that well it's a hymn and it's and, and the chorus says follow follow I will follow Jesus anywhere everywhere I will follow on and it follow follow I will follow Jesus anywhere he leads me I will follow on now I when I took that step to follow Jesus then I wasn't aware Of the implications and what it would cost I I wasn't aware at that particular time the way that Christ would lead me and you know Christianity is all about following the greatest leader that the world has ever known he's right in all his dealings and when we commit ourselves to him He commits himself to us. Isn't that good? That the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God Almighty, commits himself to you and to me. I find that amazing. But it's true. And so the question is, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? In the reading we find that Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee and he notices there are two men casting their net into the lake and he calls them and he uses three words come follow me an astonishing command really come follow me he here is a perfect stranger And he calls to these two strangers who were strangers to him come follow me now Simon and Andrew they they weren't on holiday they weren't sunning themselves on the beach of the shores of the Galilee no they were actually fishing because fishing was their living but Christ interrupts their work and asked them to leave their nets and follow him. And such was the impact of the Savior's words that they immediately left their nets. They didn't question him. A similar thing happens a little later on where we find James and John. They are in the fishing boat with their father. And once again, Jesus says to them, come and follow me. And just like like Andrew and Simon, they leave their nets, they leave the boat, they leave their father, and they follow him. Now, Jesus still walks into the sphere of our activities, and he calls us to follow him. Now, these fishermen, they didn't ask any questions. For some reason, when Jesus said, follow me, they didn't hesitate. They followed him. Now, if it was that these, that these men seemed strange, why should they follow a stranger? They don't know the man. If they knew the implications would they have had second thoughts? If someone said to you, follow me, the normal reaction would be, I think I would ask, well, where are we going? Where are we going? You want me to follow you? If I follow you, where, where are we going? Now, if these men had hesitated and asked Jesus to give them a briefing or some more information, maybe following the call to come and follow me would not have been quite so appealing. If Jesus has said to them, we're going on a journey, we're going on a journey, and this journey, you will find that you'll lose a few friends. On this journey, you will find that Some relationships might have to end. Or you may be prevented from forming these relationships. The journey that you're about to embark upon, there are times when it won't be easy. There's no guarantee that you will gain any financial security. In fact, there may be times of hardship. And you will be asked... To put self interest on one side and put God first. The the journey that you are embarking upon is a lifetime commitment, it's not something that is a passing phase. This journey, when you when you follow Jesus, when He calls you to follow Him, and you obey that call, it is a lifetime commitment. Where are we going? Well, ultimately, we're going to heaven. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> that's a you know that's a sobering thought, isn't it? That you know we know that the journey, one day, is going to end in heaven. And we're going to be with the Lord. The Bible tells us that we shall be forever with the Lord. And that's a a wonderful prospect. And so the journey begins. And it's a change in direction. It's a change in our thought patterns. It's a change in the way that we live. Because if we're going to follow Jesus, then we must obey his commands the bible tells us that we that if we love him we will obey his commands it's as simple as that jesus said if you love me keep my commandments if you love me and that's the motivation if we love the lord we really love him then we will keep his commandments so the journey begins and it's a change in direction The way we live, what we do, the words that we use, our thinking and our priorities change. No longer do we go along with the crowd, but we stand up for what is right and what the Bible teaches. Standing up for what is right can sometimes be difficult. Some of you may have heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German Lutheran pastor, theologian, and Nazi Nazi dissident. He was known for his staunch resistance to Nazi dictatorship, including vocal opposition to Hitler's genocidal persecution of the Jews. And he made a statement, and this is what he said. He said, Germany cannot have two gods. It is either Adolf Hitler or the true and living God. He was arrested by the Gestapo in 1943. He was imprisoned at Tegel Prison for one and a half years. And then he was transferred to a Nazi concentration camp. But after being allegedly involved in a plot to assassinate Hitler, he was hanged in April 1945, just as the Nazi regime was collapsing, he dared to speak out. A true follower of Christ who paid the ultimate sacrifice. You see, what does the journey offer us? What are the rewards? Well, the rewards are We experience the peace. The Bible describes it as a peace that passes all understanding. We experience a joy that we can only experience through Christ. We experience a new purpose and meaning in life and a home in heaven for all eternity. Maybe you know people who have started on this journey following Jesus, but they've turned back. There were a few people in Jesus' day who did that, in John's Gospel, chapter 6. There'd been a few things that Jesus had said which seemed to be very hard and very difficult. This is John 6 and verse 66 to 69. It says from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him you see when Jesus walked the earth he had lots of people who followed him lots of people they set out to follow him not just the twelve disciples but lots of disciples it says they it says from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him and Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and he says, This, he says, You do not want to leave two, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And the, and, and I, you know, I love this verse because it's, you know, it's so brilliant. It says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So in other words, the question that Jesus was asking, he turned. He notices that these people had decided to abandon the Christian life, if you like. They had de- decided to abandon the idea of following Jesus and had decided to go back And Jesus turns to his closest friends, the 12 disciples, and he says, What about you? Are you going as well? And Simon Peter, he was always the one to speak, wasn't he, Peter? He was the one who was so outspoken. Sometimes he he put his foot in it when he spoke, but on this occasion, it was like pearls of wisdom, wasn't it, when he said that. He said... Lord, to whom shall we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And friends, I want to say this morning that no one else has the words of eternal life. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can give us eternal life. So following Jesus... How would we have reacted in the same set of circumstances? In Matthew 23, and verse 8, Jesus says, You have only one master, but you are all brothers. So for there to be followers, there must be a leader. No leader, no followers. Who you follow and who directs your life is the single most important thing about you. There is no doubt surrounding our Lord's leadership qualities he was 30 years of age when he stepped into his leadership role and drew around him a band of young men and over a three-year period he shaped them and he molded them and he inputted them to become key people in the foundation of the Christian Church that was the that was the purpose Jesus had the strength of a military commander. Yet the tenderness that drew little children to him. He exposed the hypocrisy of the scribes and Pharisees. Yet his purity was absolute. And still he was called the friend of sinners. Because he mixed with those who were considered to be the outcasts of society those who people didn't really want to know about but Jesus became their friend and down through the ages no other personality has gained as many followers no one else has had as many bow at his feet and call him master as Jesus Christ and following the Master, the greatest leader the world has ever known, is what Christianity is all about. We make a decision. Jesus calls us to follow him. And we make that decision to follow him. Jesus alone deserves our highest allegiance, our commitment, and also our obedience. To read a few verses to you from. Once again in John's gospel and this time the 10th chapter, John chapter 10, verses 1 to 5. I, once again, the words of Christ. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other ways, a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus said, "My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me." And we recognise the sound of the shepherd's voice. You see, sheep in the in the east, they you know they would stay with the shepherd for a long time. Most of the sheep there were they were they were raised for wool, and the she, and the sheep would be allowed to live quite a long time. And so, over this period of time, they would get to know the shepherd. And the shepherd would get to know them, and they would recognize his voice, and they would learn to obey the shepherd. But in our modern world, the attitude of self interest and rebellion is rife. The view of many of our young people is expressed in the slogans on t shirts and baseball caps. Maybe you've noticed a few as you've been going around. No fear no rules no boundaries no limits no authority a similar thing happened remember Moses went when, when uh, Moses had led the Israelites through the Red Sea and he was communing with God upon Mount Sinai and can you remember Aaron and was left in charge and he gave in to popular demand and he became a people pleaser rather than a God pleaser. He said, bring me all the gold that you've got. Your earrings, your bracelets, whatever it is, bring it to me. And of course we know that it was all put together <coughs> and it was all melted down. And a golden calf was erected. And we find that the people They rebelled against God. Who's this Moses? We don't know where he is. Where's he gone? And they bowed down and they worshipped the golden calf. Rebellion. Jesus was different. Because he was always in touch with the Father. He always did the Father's will. And of course, the Father was pleased with his Son. Remember when he said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. You see, our Lord can be trusted to do what is right and in our best interests. But if we claim to be followers of Jesus, if we claim to be followers of Jesus, can Jesus trust us to do what is right? You see, we can either be nominal believers and we can pay him lip service or we can be active followers. You see, believing, believing that Jesus is the saviour of the world is one thing, but obeying his commands is another You see lots of people believe in God if you were to confront them oh yes I believe in God but who are they believing in you see the question is and it's a searching question are you a believer or are you a follower because there is a difference there is a difference and that's the challenge are you a believer, just a believer, or are you a follower of Jesus? You see, believing in some ways is like a spectator sport, isn't it? You know, now, I was watching a football match on TV yesterday. Aston Villa versus Everton. I hope there's been some more Aston Villa supporters in the congregation. <laughs> Fortunately, they want two one but there was 42,000 people packed into Villa Park yesterday 42,000 and of course they're all spectators and they're all shouting their opinion they've all got different opinions on how the game should be played and who should be in the team and what they should do but you see you can be a spectator or you can be a follower now following is what makes us a player following is the evidence of our commitment following is the evidence of our commitments so the choice is we either settle for mediocrity or we seek god for the best that he can give and not only that not just seeking god's best for our lives but also giving of our best Friends, only the the best is good enough for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus puts the question in Luke 6 and verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, there were people who were calling him Lord. Lord. There were people who were acknowledging him as the Son of God and yet they were still not doing what he said. They were still not following his teaching. You see, we've got lots of teaching in the Scriptures from the mouth of Jesus himself. We've got the words of Jesus and that is how we should live. If we live by Matthew 5, 6 and 7, then that is a good guideline because there we have the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes are there and the rest of Christ. Obviously there was more there's more teaching throughout the Gospels, but there the teaching is intensified in those three chapters. You see, you would think if someone confessed the Lordship of Jesus, they would have no difficulty in obeying him. You see, we can believe and yet not obey. In military in military terms, that is classed as Insubordination in the ranks—people who have enlisted in Christ's army, yet not prepared to follow His orders. I just want to read a few verses to you from the Epistle of John. John, uh, one John, one John, chapter two, and verses three to six. 1 John 2, verses 3 to 6. It says, We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That is what the Bible says. Strong words, but true nonetheless. You see, this anti-authority stance, the spirit of the age, opposed to following. Many Christians in our churches seem to adopt a similar attitude to be a christian is to accept jesus christ as our leader and we are his followers you see it's one thing to accept the lord as our own personal savior and maybe and i i trust that you've done that you've already accepted the lord as your personal savior acknowledge the fact that he died on the cross acknowledge the fact that As far as God is concerned, you're a sinner and you need a saviour. But you see, acknowledging him as Lord is something different. It's another thing to acknowledge him as Lord. It's another step. And someone said, and quite rightly so, that if Jesus is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at all. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at all. Are we following him closely this morning? Or are we following from a distance? How close are we living to Jesus Christ? May God help us to be like these disciples without questions, without question. And to, and to rise up and follow him. To be true followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know we used to sing a a song many years ago. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me still i will follow no turning back no turning back jesus says whoever puts his hand to the plow and turns back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven that's how strongly jesus put it now i believe that the christian life is one of continually Bringing our lives to the Lord. And I believe there are times in our experience when we need to rededicate our lives. We need to say, Lord, I know that I haven't followed you. And sometimes God speaks to us through His Word. And He makes it clear that we're not where we should be as far as He's concerned. And so this morning, We're going to bow our heads in a moment. And we're going to search our hearts. David said, Search my heart, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me from my sin and set me free. How close. Are you following the Lord? Let us pray. You see, the Bible tells us that all hearts are open before him. There's nothing is hidden. He knows exactly where we stand. He knows whether we've lost our desire. He knows whether we have lost our our zeal. He knows all about it. But we know that he loves us just the same. His love hasn't changed towards us. That never changes. It is constant. It is perfect. And so this morning, if, you, if you've been stirred this morning and God has reminded you that you're not quite in the right place and that you need to rededicate your life to him, then you can do it right now just in the stillness of these few moments at the end of this message and you can say Lord I know that I haven't served you as I should but this morning I rededicate my life to you and I pray that you will help me to follow close to have a closer relationship with you And to be completely obedient to your word. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your word. We want to thank you because we know that there are times when it brings us back into line. It corrects us. And it reminds us of what we need to do. And so help us this morning just to bring our lives to you afresh. That we might indeed be close to you, Lord. That we might be obedient to your voice. That we might follow and that we might let you lead. Lord, we pray that each one of us this morning who are here will be followers that you can be proud of. Those who listen to what you have to say and those who carry out your instructions. Lord, help us, we pray, so that we might live a life that is glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.